1: And the money is immediately available to use with Apple Pay.
0: Babe, did you just send me a dollar on
1: Apple Cash? I just said our cash isn't content. Shh.
0: (laughs) Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. I'm not your typical parent.
1: (laughs) That's That's it. That's clear to see. (laughs) Absolutely. And I want to say... Typical ain't always better. Deadass. So we doing it our way. Hey, I'm Kadeen.
0: And I'm DeVal.
1: And we're the Ellises.
0: You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys.
1: And reading each other publicly as a form of therapy.
0: Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. so, I'm going to
1: take us back to, Let me get my tissues ready because this story kind of makes me sad.
0: <laughs> this shouldn't make you sad. It's, this, <laughs> this story time takes me back to two weeks ago. No, three weeks ago, actually. Uh-huh. Or when this airs, it's going to be probably weeks, weeks, weeks ago. Yeah. But um, I went to social media to explain why the kids mm-hmm. wouldn't be on social media for a little bit of time. I was giving them a break. Mm-hmm. And let me give you all the full- Context of everything that happened mm-hmm. that Sunday, we went to one of Jackson's basketball games, and he wasn't trying. He just was not. He just wasn't. He wasn't there. He just. We had put a lot of hours into going to the gym because he said he wanted to play basketball, and we've been in the gym every single day, taking 150 shots, no making 150 shots. Hired a trainer, um, got gym time, rented court time. Like I've done all of that to be supportive, and and he went in there and this. I think it was his seventh game at this point, and he just seemed like he wasn't interested. So, get in the car, and um, I just let him have it. Like, was just telling him how disappointed I was. Yeah, I cursed. It was, it was, it was bad. It was a, it was a lot. It was bad. Your father was in the car. Your father was telling Jackson too, like, yeah, man, I don't know what today was. Like, collectively, as the adults, we was pretty much letting Jackson know how bad it was. Then we get home, and Cairo and Kaz are playing as usual. Dakota's here. I'm downstairs with one of my homeboys who came to watch Jackson play, and Kadeen says, "Deval, can you come upstairs right now, please? And she had that motherly tone. So I'm like, what's up? Like, what's the matter? And She's just like, can you please talk to Kaz about saying booty? <laughs> and I'm like, didn't we have this conversation already?
1: Talk and about butts and booty. And, and you and was all just like, you
0: his. was just like, yeah. Every time it, someone farts, if someone says booty or butt, and then they just bust out laughing, and he just keeps saying booty, and I'm tired of it. So I, I, I try to do my best. I get down on a knee. I, I meet him at his level. I speak to him. I have a high voice because I don't want him to be intimidated. And I'm just like, Kaz, didn't we talk about you know not saying booty anymore? And he just you know, puts his chin up, like he's looking through his nose at me. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm like, buddy, didn't we have this discussion already? And he's just looking at me.
1: Such a Sagittarius.
0: So I'm like, I'm like, what's the matter? And then Cairo comes and he's just like, I don't know. He just keeps saying sus stuff. And I'm like, excuse me? He's like, yeah, he's just doing sus stuff. And I'm like, what, like, what is he doing? He just keeps shaking his booty. And he's just like, he keeps coming behind me and just like putting his pee-pee on me. So I'm like, I'm like, Kaz, what are you watching? So then. Cairo says he watches this thing called, um, what was it?
1: Some gummy bears. The gummy
0: bear. I'm a gummy bear. And the gummy bear dances and shakes, shakes his, his butt. butt. <laughs> so Kaz thinks it's funny and he keeps shaking his butt. So I instantly get pissed, right? And I say, Kaz, didn't we talk about not doing what you see on YouTube, right? And he just looks at me through his nose again. So I lost it. And I said, okay, this is how you want to do things. You want to play this game? So I go grab his iPad, get his iPad. I walk him out to the balcony. And I say, you see this iPad? And I throw the iPad over the balcony. The whole time I'm doing this, he's still standing staring at me through his nose. And it wasn't until he heard grunk and that iPad hit the pool where he finally broke down and said, <laughs> <laughs> So now... I'm screaming, I'm hollering, I'm like, give me every piece of jewelry, give me every jersey, all these sneakers, put it all at the bottom of the stairs, you kids are entitled, you don't listen, and I lost it. And Kadeem comes to me afterwards, because in that moment, Kadeem was fully supportive, she's holding Dakota and she's walking around going, "Mm mm-hmm, you heard what your father said, you heard what your father said. Then later on that night, she goes, did you really have to throw his iPad (laughs) in the pool? And I was like, I was trying to make a point. I was speaking to him the way I've been reading and trying to learn and evolve as a parent of how I should speak to my Tyler to not make them feel intimidated Mm -hmm. and the motherfucker wasn't listening. (laughs) But he started listening when I threw that iPad in the pool, didn't he? And she's like, I guess so. So this is how I slept that night, knowing that I had won. But then I woke up (laughs) feeling awful because I felt like I had gone too far and it took me a couple of days to reflect. Mm-hmm. And um after well, we tell get us done about with after. after we get yeah after we get done with uh karaoke, I'll yeah. I'll tell you guys about the reflection. Okay. Cause I'm a renegade, never been afraid to holler about anything, anything, anything. And cause I'm a renegade, never been afraid to say what's on my mind at any given time Uh, of day. Cause I'm a renegade, never been afraid to holler about anything, anything, anything. Wow. I had to hustle my back to the wall, ashy knuckles, pockets filled with a lot of lint, not a cent, got a vent, a lot of innocent lives lost on the project bench. Had to pay rent, bring dollars in. That's what I've been through (laughs) for these kids. That's what I've been through. just
1: got mad lint now, bro.
0: Think about about when we first had Jackson, how broke we were and how hard we worked. Oh,
1: my gosh.
0: Man, I love karaoke. But you know what I love more than karaoke? Money. So let's take a break so we can pay some ads and we'll be right back.
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, y'all.
0: in NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black
1: experience. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, real talk. When did paying someone back become social media? What do you mean? Let's say I'm trying to lurk on you. You know, see what you're doing and who you're doing it with. I can stalk your pay app and find out what you're doing.
0: Oh, yeah, that's, that's kind of weird. You do that?
1: Smell for yourself. Try the reformulated near body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online.
0: Think about when we first had Jackson, how broke we were and how hard we worked.
1: Oh, my gosh. When
0: my when that feeling like my kids were becoming entitled made me feel like I was failing as a father and a husband, especially since I have four black boys.
1: That's why I in that moment, of course, we are going to be the united front as parents all the time. And we try to be. Um, But in that moment, I was like, I let you rock because I Mm -hmm. felt like, you know, you had had enough. And we both, I think, collectively as a unit had had enough of certain things. Yes. Household. Right. Um, Of course, we do the best that we can. We have our three boys now four. Um, we have our, my parents here mm-hmm. also living simultaneously. So we had had the discussion recently, Deval and I were saying, you know, are we doing our kids almost a disservice having their grandparents here full time? Because you know how it is when you go to grandma and grandpa's house, you get spoiled, mm-hmm. you get what you want, you know, you mm-hmm. have a good time, but then you come back home to mom and dad. Whereas having them in the house with us full time, 24 yep. 7, there becomes this a little bit of a, a, a battle because it's like, grandma and grandpa want to be grandma and grandpa as they should be be. and they want to spoil and they want to give and they want to do but that can't happen 24 7 because they live with us Mm -hmm. so we were noticing that some of the things that you and I um were trying to implement or trying to enforce with the children Mm -hmm. sometimes there was an inconsistency because Mm -hmm. my parents wouldn't necessarily see it through though they try but sometimes the kids are going to be kids and they know who they can get away with things with so so tell us about um (laughs) I guess now your reflection, because Deval and I actually had to leave to go to New York for work right. the next morning. So no one wants to have that argument. You know, it's like arguing with your spouse, and then you have to leave and go away. Um, I think it hurt ten times worse to feel like that was the note yeah, you left. We left. That the was next the accord day. that we left the next morning um, with the children on. Right. You know, um, but it happened that evening and that plane ride and everything. I could tell that. And I, that yeah, it was, it was on really my
0: mind. It was in my mind for two reasons. One, because I, I always wanted to evolve and be better, right? But I felt like in me trying to be better and give, give my kids better, I was failing because it wasn't working. You know, like I grew up um, a very modest and privileged young man. You know, I was privileged that both my parents, we moved from an apartment to a house. That was the privilege. You know, I had a lawn. You know, my my father bought me my first car when I was 18, privileged, but modest in that my parents made me work for everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't give, we didn't We didn't live in abundance, mm-hmm. right? So everything that I got growing up, I felt had value. Yes. You know, and then my Amen. father taught me a lot of valuable lessons about finances and time because I had to work. Like my grandparents, when we were eight and nine years old, we had to set up a chore system, mm-hmm. right? Where we had to be up at eight in the morning. We had to cut the grass. They lived on a, a, a acre and a half of land in Morristown, Tennessee. My brother, my cousin Devon and I had to cut the grass, trim the hessians, water the lawn, pick the weeds. And this is eight and nine years old, but it taught us work ethic. We knew we had to be up. It was hot in the summertime in Morristown, Tennessee, and we were outside doing this. To the point where when I was 16 and I I, started, I got my, my uh, license, I got my um, permit, mm-hmm. and I knew I was going to start driving, I was like, let me get a job so I can have gas money, because mm-hmm. I was borrowing my uncle Kev's car. So I was never uh, like uh, afraid of never hard work. To it, yeah. Never stranger to it. Mm-hmm. So now you, you get older, and you're like, I want to give my kids all of the things that I didn't, I didn't have. have. That's it, right? So we moved from our apartment just like almost the same exact year. We moved from our apartment at nine when Jackson was nine, mm-hmm. and we eight, and we moved from Canarsie, from yeah. from Flatbush to Canarsie when I was eight. Mm-hmm. So I remember going from an apartment to going to a house. So with Jackson, we moved from our apartment. Then we moved to LA. Mm-hmm. Then we moved from LA, and now we're in Atlanta in our own space. And I I noticed that they were just taking certain things for granted, mm-hmm. you know. Like <clears throat> Jackson was using V bucks all of the time, mm-hmm. and he's using these V bucks, and I'm getting pissed off because every other day it's like nine dollars, ten dollars, and I'm like, bro, like this is money. You don't just be spending it on V bucks, and then when you waste the V bucks, you get more V bucks. That doesn't work. Then he asked me to get him a trainer and take him to basketball and do all these things. And while I'm investing my time, Mm -hmm. taking time away from my wife and my kids and my money to do these things, you get into the games and you just, at some point you just act like you don't want to be there, I like lost it, Mm -hmm. you know? But then you have people in your life who kind of bring you back to a perspective, right? J. Cole, who's Jackson's trainer, was like, yo, D, you do realize that Jackson's only been playing organized basketball for two months. (laughs) and I was like yeah but there has to be a will and a want for him and he was like well you can't have a will or want to do something that you don't know what you're supposed to do right he's learning so it Mm -hmm. seems like he's moving slow or he or he's lost because he really doesn't know every kid that I've trained has gone through this so I was like oh so this is not like an entitlement thing or him?" he's just like no Mm. so I was like damn I I messed up like you know like damn I, I feel bad
1: I was like, hey, you got some goggles? I was like, goggles? He's like, yeah, I'm about to go fish with the (laughs) iPad out of the pool because I messed up. (laughs) You got got jokes. You got jokes. No, I felt bad because I was like, I'm the one that called you upstairs. I, I felt like I sparked that hole tantrum him in a sense, well then, because I was overhearing Kaz. Right, you know, because the thing is, like, they joke about it. Oh, booty, you know, booty. Hey, hey, like, they think it's so funny at this right. age. But what I fear is that he's going to be out in public or at someone else's house, right. or you know what I mean. Because it's always a thing where your parents, you know, they give you the talk when they send you to someone else's house to Absolutely. play or whatever, and it's just like, behave yourself. Don't you know? And you just want it to be a habit. The things right. that you learn at home, you will then take with you out mm-hmm. into the world. I just didn't want him running around in people's houses, you know, talking I about agree. booties and, and peepees all day. I you agree. Know?
0: But you know what brought me back to reality? This is my first time raising boys. I called my parents to vent about, I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Like, I'm trying to give them anything. Yeah. And then my mom said, my mom said, you know, you and your brother did the same thing. Walk <laughs> around this house four and five years or anytime somebody fart or say booty or butt or penis or boobies, y'all love, bust out laughing. Y'all <laughs> walk around here, no shirts on. And, and it's, just, it's just like, y'all used to have fart competitions and stuff. And I'm just like, then you know what? Like we, like we did. Mm-hmm. But- And I realized in that moment that I was projecting where I I am in my life and expecting my toddler and my 10-year-old to understand everything that I had finally figured out Mm
2: -hmm.
0: at 37 and then realizing that at 37, I don't know everything. So I had to apologize, right? Mm -hmm. So here's where it tripped me out and made me realize that we were doing an okay job parenting. Mm -hmm. I FaceTimed Jackson while we're in New York. I say hey, what's up. First bro? of
1: all, Deval was in the hotel room looking like he lost all his dogs. Okay. I went out to get my makeup done, came back, and he was just like, Man, I had to have a call a talk with Jake Cole and he just looked so sad. I was like, you know what? You better reconcile with your babies before you lose it.
0: Cause you don't I don't want to say know. you don't know because
1: No, I've been there as well. I've had to apologize. Remember Jackson and the whole COVID yeah. thing? Like I've had to sob and, you know, apologize No, you're right. Too. You, yeah,
0: you're right. You had you had apologize. And what I'm what I'm talking about is there are different nuances in being a black woman and a black man, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes I get stuck in those nuances. For example, the the video that surfaced of the young white boy and the young black boy who were in the mall mm-hmm. having an argument. The argument became physical. The white boy was the aggressor, mm-hmm. right? They're fighting each other. Two white cops come over, right? They pull the white boy off of the little black kid, right? Sit him down on the couch. Mm-hmm. Then put their knee in the backs of the black kid and handcuff him.
2: Mm-hmm. No so, questions asked. No
0: questions asked. So yeah. in in my mind, in my mind, it's like, and not for nothing, they do the same thing to young black girls because there was the video. Uh, yeah. I think it was six years ago of the young black girl at the she pool. Was out, yeah, by at the, the pool, pool. And they, the community yeah. right. In the, mm-hmm. And I'm just and
1: yep.
0: So for me, when I look at my boys, I'm trying to teach them a level of dignity and toughness. Mm-hmm and emotional security at yeah. the same time. And I want them to understand so bad because I fear that they go out into the world and not understanding these things and find themselves in that situation. For sure. That's the fear I have as a father. Oh, to the mother as well. To Absolutely. Four Kings, you know? Yes. But I, I Facetime Jackson and I say, bro, I gotta talk to him and I, I, I owe you an apology. And he was just like, okay. And I'm just like, you know, I handled it wrong. In the, in, the, in the car You know what I'm saying I shouldn't have been screaming And and this is just Just clarity I scream And then I'm gonna say this on the podcast Because this is our community But when it comes to coaching And training And motivating my kids I scream and curse at my kids This is why I call myself A renegade I do things non-traditionally And the reason why I do it Is because I was an athlete my whole life Every coach that I came across Screamed and cursed and hollered And It wasn't like a Always a degrading curse, but it was something like, you know, like, let's fucking go. Mm-hmm. And I want my boys to hear those words from me while getting hugs and kisses. So that they understand that when someone is screaming and cursing at you, especially as a coach, it's not always degrading you. Mm -hmm. Because also as a mentor at Prototype for 10 years, I noticed how boys who never got that at home Mm -hmm. or was never uh, coached on what it's like to be coached hard by someone. They
1: probably folded. They
0: folded. Mm -hmm. Because they didn't understand that, yeah, this coach is maybe screaming and cursing and hollering and stuff, but they're trying to give you the tools you need to succeed. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those young men and young women were just like, oh, the coach just don't like me. And it's like, well, do they scream and curse at everybody? Yeah, but they be screaming and cursing at, cursing at me different. No, it's not different. You just don't like it. Mm-hmm. So you you pulled back and now you're no longer on the team and you lost your own opportunity. Or
1: maybe the coach saw something in you and was
0: Absolutely. trying
1: to pull that, that dog out of you. You Absol- know what I, I mean? Say it one time. So, yeah, pull, the dog. To pull the dog
0: out. You yeah. you want and, and I noticed this with Jackson. When Jackson's in a happy-go-lucky mood, mm-hmm. he plays at a different level. Mm-hmm. When I come over to him and I'm like, yo, you keep playing around and we going to fuck home. Now, drops, Jackson wants to drop 15 points and <laughs> steals and block. And it's like, I'm, I'm trying to bring the dog out of him because you got to compete. Right. But I told him, I said, you know, I misdiagnosed what was happening that day. Mm-hmm. J. Cole was there. He told me that you look lost because you don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You weren't just being lazy. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, yeah. And I was just like, well, I'm I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? I've never been a dad before in this position. I got emotional. Mm-hmm. I got upset and it, it wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And... I was expecting him to break down and cry, like he doesn't, but you made me feel bad. But he—he, he, this is literally what he said to me. He said, well, dad, you know, you're human just like I am. And when I make mistakes, you give, you forgive me, right? And I was like, yeah. He was like, well, I forgive you. Not that big a deal. We're going to grow together, right? We're going to learn together, right? And now he's encouraging me as a parent.
1: <laughs> Picking him you know up on the floor. You
0: know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, and that made me feel like, dang, like all this talking we're doing about emotional... Uh, emotional intelligence awareness and awareness and, yeah. and, and being secure in yourself. My son at 10 is using this moment to encourage me who made the mistake.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was like, Whew. so at least in making my mistake, I didn't damage my son. Right. But I had to acknowledge that. Right. I spoke to Kaz. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Kaz. And Kaz is four, so he wasn't as profound. But he gave me hugs like, it's okay, daddy. You know, like... Yeah. And then Cairo was caught in the mix because one thing I'm not going to do is just punish <laughs> one Cairo. and not punish the rest. So I took right. Cairo's leather jacket and his shades. Cairo stuff. was
1: like, "I didn't <laughs> even do anything though."
0: But he fell in line and he gave all his <laughs> but stuff. But he
1: did. He fell in line. He stuck by his brothers. He stuck by his one brothers. They're gonna be is a united front the same way yeah. we're a united front. Absolutely, like they're not gonna snitch at each other. Like they have this like.
0: Yeah, this bond. This
1: bond going on, which I'm all I'm I'm all right with that. But I'm I spoke to right
0: all of that. them individually. Cairo's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's cool, Dad. But you know, Cairo and his stoic self, it's fine. <laughs> it's okay, but can I have my chain back now? <laughs> and I'm like, sure, bro, you can have your chain back I now. I want to
1: wear my leather jacket to Cairo um, Jackson's game. <laughs> right, uh, and
0: look like Kanye West. <laughs> that's all he wants. Cairo is, oh
1: my God. If y'all haven't seen that reel on my Instagram, you have to you see it the it way out. he walks into this game. But um, I think it was great just to watch the entire thing kind of transpire because um, for so long I think we were conditioned to believe that parents were always right and right. do as I say. And we saw how that impacted us as children growing up yeah. and into adulthood. We are just like, damn, accountability is so huge for us and something that I think a lot of, our generation felt like our parents lacked it was accountability. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it was a not having conversations with us, not having to explain themselves mm-hmm. because they just felt like a child needed to be seen and not heard. Yep. Um A child should not have an opinion because why I know better. I'm the parent. I've heard that Um you, you don't know. have an
0: opinion. You don't have no pay no bills. Right. I've exactly. heard that.
1: All the time. So um where we try to kind of be different in that, You know, some people may think it's too liberal that you give your child their voice to be able to speak and say how they feel. Um, We think that it allows for a better connection because what we never want there to be is the lack of communication. Kids feeling like they can't speak to us because our parents just don't understand. And Mm -hmm. there being a disconnect between the generation because that always happens with Mm -hmm. parents and children. So I like that um, as I observed everything kind of unfolding that you had a sense of peace once you had the conversation with Jackson. Because I felt like yeah. you couldn't even continue the trip without that hanging over your head. It was, if I felt and bad. And then I appreciate the village of people we have around us that we can also lean on and speak to, who mm-hmm. are also parents, who are also coaches, who are also in different capacities that can say, you know what, D, you were wrong yeah, in that You were wrong in this situation, yeah. Um, and, and, you know. You got to chill out. You gotta, yeah, you got to reach out and, and be like, yo, did I handle this correctly? And we're never above that either as parents because right. there's this constant Desire and this constant want for us to just learn and to be better and to understand our children. Yeah. You know, um, and it's hard because we've been through life experiences so it's like you can see the writing on the wall a lot of the yeah. times and you know what's required. Right. Um, and that's something you try to instill in your kids but at the same time it's just like, damn, some things they're going to have to A, figure out on their own and B, I can't micromanage my child's life, you know? You can't,
0: and, and there's something else I want to bring up especially about micromanaging is social media mm-hmm. and the role it plays on being a parent, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm a member of the dad gang. Mm-hmm. You know, I was honored last year at the dad gang banquet. Uh, shout out to Sean and Jeff and all of those guys, like those really good dudes. But um, social media is all about trends, right? Mm-hmm. And a part of the trend, one of the trends that was growing quickly over the last couple of years, especially since I've been on social media, is, is parenting, how you mm-hmm. parents, and mm-hmm. fatherhood, right? Black fatherhood. And a lot of the guys were saying like, you know, Deval, you're like the, the godfather of black fatherhood content because mm-hmm. no one was doing it. Right. And then I started doing it and then it started to become trendy and now a lot of guys are doing it. Right. First of all, kudos to you guys for, for expressing what it's like to be a black father because it needs to be more than one voice. For sure. So we need to see different types of dads parenting in different ways with different children so that representation is out there right Mm -hmm. so kudos to you guys but also I appreciate and I feel honored that you guys call me the godfather of fatherhood content but with that comes a responsibility right Mm -hmm. so our content is entertainment and it's important for people to understand that when you watch the Ellis's on social media it's entertainment Mm -hmm. you get less than one percent of me actually fathering Mm -hmm. on social media you know what I'm saying
1: Wifing and me mothering yeah it's true,
0: but but I felt a responsibility to let the people who follow me know, like, okay, this is what happened because a large part of the time it's me joking with my kids, mm-hmm. me laughing and doing stuff with my kids. So people think that that's all that happens,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? So I had to, to, to at least tell this blackout moment. I didn't want to show it because I'm not, not I'm not big on disciplining my kids on social media. Well, no, we didn't right? do
1: that yet. And in that moment, we were both we were all just present in that moment. Present in the there moment. It was not like a desire to pull out a camera, but
0: but. I want. I wanted to express that my kids were being disciplined mm-hmm. because I wanted people to know that I'm not going to sacrifice being recognized as the best father at a detriment to my kids by not being the best father. And in sometimes being the best father in that moment of course. is not going to be applauded. By everyone on the outside.
1: Because of the method or you see how I'm you saying? did it. Yep.
0: And, and the thing is, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm fine with that. And I want a lot of men and women who are being moms out there to understand that you have a responsibility to be a parent. Not just be a parent on social media. Mm-hmm. You know, and understanding that social media for the vast majority of people, the people who comment, the vast majority of people is the loud minority. Right. Most people, when they have a comment or something that's positive, they don't say much. Right. People love to leave negative comments. Always. So what happens is I watch a lot of people and I hear dads, because we Mm -hmm. talked about this in the the dad game, how do I deal with people who comment negatively on something that they've done as a dad and try to express and be transparent? Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, you can't you can't My look at the comments. Like you're parenting. You know what your child needed in that moment. And most of the videos we post lack the full context of what happened. So when you posted Always. a clip of what happened, yep. of course, people are going to dissect and pick it apart. right? Because you posted it, you have to deal with the fact that they dissected it and picked it apart. You posted it. right? But also remember that most of the people who are commenting on your stuff, are naysayers. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just be clear what social media is. Social media is a place for people to complain and vent about how bad their life is. Right? The most most of the people who watch, who enjoy it and, and having a good time doing it, don't really leave positive comments. You want to know why? They're too busy living their own life to be going back and forth with people, mm-hmm. but they'll be supportive. Like we have like mm-hmm. the vast majority of our community are supportive Super people. Supportive, yeah. Super supportive. And we love you for people. That. And, and yes. Absolutely. But of the million 1.8 million people that follow me, I don't get 1.8 million comments every time I post something. Right. You know what I'm saying? You may get a couple thousand, you know, a couple tens of thousands, but even tens of thousands to 1.8 million is less than 1%. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And even the vast majority of those comments are positive. Right. But some of the comments are negative, and we as parents tend to look at the negative comments and try to adjust our parenting style based on negative comments on social media. We cannot do that.
1: Absolutely not. And
0: and and when I the reason why I chose Renegade is because I want to be one of the first people to openly say that I will never be a detriment to my kids because of what someone said to me about my parenting style on social media. Never. I'm I just mean, I'm even
1: too lending like you know we are very selective about the people who we seek advice from. Mm-hmm. Um, we know with our children, for example, we have some friends that we made out here, Jackson's friends, parents mm-hmm. who are a little bit older than us, but yeah. they've also raised three boys. Two, already you know, two of already college, graduated from college, one individual
0: scholarships. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So if we're ever in a, you know, conundrum mm-hmm. where we're just like, mm-hmm. man, we need to get some advice or, you know, what is it like to have this or just having conversations because I feel like they need to be had. Mm-hmm. Um, that's somebody that we feel like we can lean on because yeah. they may have been in a circumstance that we have not yet touched or we're just about to embark on or what's a way to kind of combat something that may potentially happen in the future when Jackson's 13, because they've yeah. been there before. So instead of seeking advice from comments or people, um, you know, it's about speaking to the right people who you feel like will be able mm-hmm. to be objective that can kind of step back from the situation and say, all right, DeVal, well, you may not have done this the right way. Who's not going to yes you to death yeah, either, Absolutely. but also just speak from their experience. And then you take, from that what you need
3: mm-hmm.
1: um which i think that's the one of the biggest blessings that we have is a lot of people that we can go to for that yeah. if we needed to um and usually we with social media like you said you get one portion of it you don't understand anything that's happened that might have right. led up to that moment right or you know the history behind right. everything the same thing that happened with our monogamy clip you know mm-hmm. people saw the one little clip and had no idea right the context of things um so that is that's easily a a sparking, like a catalyst for people to just kind of just say whatever yeah. they feel in that moment based off of that. Um, but yeah, we're still trying to th- figure out this parenting thing. I, when my mom told me back in the day that there's no book to being a parent and there's no blueprint or guideline, it, there's nothing truer. And for us, it's also a matter of having to, um, I think style step as parents around our children's ways of learning mm-hmm. things, um, mm-hmm. how they receive information, how they receive discipline. Um, the pr- approaches that we have to take, you know, I know one time you had said that you feel like we didn't need to style step around the children.
0: Yeah, I was. At, but and um, that was um, I that was very necessary. early on before. This is when Jackson was about seven mm-hmm. and we just had Cairo and Cass. And my plan was to create a system that could that could parent them the same way. So no child felt left out. Right. So there was no favoritism. Because I remember growing up in my house, my parents' style stepped a lot. Mm-hmm. And me being the oldest, I felt like a lot of the accountability was put on me. And my brother and my sister were allowed to get away with a lot more. Right, And I, I, I still feel strongly about that to this day. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like I, di- I didn't want to raise my children in an environment where one felt like the other one was getting treated differently than the other. Right. So I, I didn't want to style step.
1: So maybe style step is not the word, but it's the no, approach no, no. that you take you, with each child based on how they receive information. Oh, let me just finish this. You okay. were right with the style stepping okay.
0: because I didn't realize, because at those time I didn't realize how different their personalities were going to be. Uh, then once Cairo was five and Kaz is four, mm-hmm. I realized I cannot do the same thing to Cairo That I do to Jackson. Mm -hmm. So style-stepping was the right word. And you were right. Mm -hmm. In the moment, I didn't realize how right you were because I felt like this is the way I wanted to be with my kids. And it wasn't until seeing their personalities, for example, Jackson needs to be screamed at and challenged
1: Mm -hmm.
0: so that that fire goes out. Cairo is fiery all the time. I have Mm -hmm. to calm Cairo down. Yo, yes, Relax. Yeah. Control yourself
2: mm-hmm.
0: I, I, Like I can't I, I literally cannot do the right. same you thing To the, the two thing. of them Because it right. would never be well right. If if the way Cairo is If I went in and was like Let's fucking go He would be out of control Tearing people's heads off
1: Right
0: He needs to learn control mm-hmm. Jackson is very controlled mm-hmm. He needs to learn how to be more assertive Right So that's where you are absolutely right Like I, I admit Cass needs
1: to learn how to give a damn
0: Kaz <laughs> <laughs> don't give a damn. damn Like he's just like yeah, he's I'm, like, I'm like, not well- doing this Right. Nope. But um, there's one thing I do want to say that I also learned from being a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, we spend so much time trying to give our kids all the stuff that we didn't have that we neglect to give them with and teach them the lessons time. that we've learned. Right. Yeah. Adversity. Um, James, shout out to James Edmonds. He's one of the, the the dads that helps us out with Jackson and um his wife Shonda. Um, he sent me a text message after this whole ordeal with Jackson, and he sent me this text message. It was a parable, right? And it says. My grandfather walked 10 miles to work. My father worked five miles to work. I drive a Cadillac. My son will drive a Porsche. My grandson will walk 10 miles to work. Right? Mm. And it was just like, well, why is that? And they said, tough times make strong men. Strong men make easy times. Easy times make weak Weak men, men. And weak men make tough times. Mm, and I I said to him I said you know that reminds me of a saying I heard that it says it's hard to find a great man that's the son of a great man Mm. because typically the adversity that you've gone through to make you great you've erased all of that adversity for For your your son and now they grow up just like oh the world is easy yeah I've learned that and this doesn't go just for for sons I learned this with sons and And daughters
1: daughters, because the same thing can be said for my family I think about my family and how my parents came up here at young what 16 17 years old on their own trying to make a life from themselves for themselves you know living with people who will allow them to stay for periods at a time just so they can get themselves Mm -hmm. and make their make something of themselves and then I think about the life that I've lived with my parents like you said you know middle class but still had a lot of privilege Mm -hmm. had the things that I needed and wanted because my parents worked so hard and yeah. then now as a parent too this is something we always battle with is like how do we try to create some adversity for the kids because we don't want that to continue to be the cycle where they just right. have everything and they're not appreciative or they're not hard workers so yeah I, it's it's guys well, that's, and girls feel that's that way
0: the one thing that I've, I've learned is that you cannot eradicate all adversity from your child's life because mm-hmm. that's not that's going to be to their detriment and um i am unapologetic about the way i am with my boys i had posted um a video where I was using the the skimmer for the pool mm-hmm. and helping Jackson with basketball. Yeah, yeah. And and during the clip, you were filming. I didn't realize you were filming, but yeah. we were doing a clip. And at the clip, I was like, man, what the fuck are you doing? Pay attention. Da, 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 da. He's, And then someone said in the YouTube clip, oh, he curses at the kids. Time for me to unfollow. Mm-hmm. And then there was a whole debate under that where people were just like, are you serious? Like this man... Shows love and affection to his kids all the time, but because he curses him or coaches him hard, you're gonna unfollow. This is the re- So then they started going back and forth. Mm-hmm. One thing I'm gonna say is that I am gonna be super unapologetic about how hard I am on my boys. And if I had a daughter, I would be the same way. Facts. Because I watched that video of that young black man in that that mall mm-hmm. and him being arrested by the police officers while all his other white counterparts got to sit there and watch. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I said to myself was if, the, if that was my son, I would have hoped that I could have put my son in a better situation to handle that. Right. For example, to realize, like, wait a minute, there are 15 white kids here. I'm the only black kid. Mm-hmm. People are raising their voices. Mm-hmm. I'm going to probably be... Right. The only one to get in trouble. I need
1: to have some control. Like some control. Here. And
0: and it's not just for boys. Mm-hmm. It's this. I've watched it. Yes, I've watched it at Canarsie with young black girls. Mm-hmm. Someone is disrespecting them. They choose to raise their voice or raise up because they're tired of being disrespected. I've seen it at schools. Mm-hmm. Teachers come involved, tempers flail, and the first thing they do is grab the little black girl. Mm-hmm. While these adult white people are, you're the aggressors. Like how is this... How is this allowed to happen? Mm-hmm. And what I d- never want is any Ellis to go out in the world not feeling equipped to deal with the hardships that come in the world. One one thing I I guarantee you, my children or anyone who's around me, because when I mentored young men and women for the ten years in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. I always prepared them. Still
1: do to this day. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, I pre- prepare them to deal with people screaming. And cursing and swinging and hitting so that they can find a place of peace and center mm-hmm. so that they know how to maneuver in this situation and not be emotional. Right.
1: Or not be frazzled. Not be frazzled. Not know you know what I'm be. saying? Yeah.
0: Especially my kids. Oh, like for sure. Me, me and Jackson had this whole thing. Where I was like, We was going hard at each other. and In practice, It was going. I was, go, let's go. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. No, no, no. Don't be a bitch. Don't be a bitch. Just going back and forth, right? At the end, he was smiling, right? And he was just like... I was like, what's what's up? Like, he was just like, yo, I remember when we first started and you used to like scream at me and I used to just get so scared. Mm -hmm. But now it's like, I I I feel good. Like I feel good. I know. And I was just like, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So when you go out in the world and you get coached hard by someone, you won't back down from hearing those words because Mm -hmm. it's not me trying to belittle you. It's me trying to empower you. And some of these people only know how to coach one way. Right. They only know how to tell you. have a teacher. The teacher may be a, a dick. They, they may be hard on you because that's the only way they know how to get the best out of you. Right. And I said, what are you listening to when I'm screaming and cursing? He's like, I'm just listening to the details of what you said I need to work on. So I, and I said, you're getting that's it. it. Yeah. You're getting it. I said, do you even hear anything? He says, no, I don't. I've learned to tune you out. So I said, wait, so you be tuning me out at the basketball games? He says, absolutely. I said, you I'll know what, Jackson? be tuning you out
1: too. Jackson, be yeah, here. Let me high five That's him. what I, I said. Because I like, you got your mama's jeans.
0: You do. You be tuning me out too. Sometimes. It goes both ways. But um, I felt so good though. Yeah. Because you see at the games, I'll be screaming and he just be ignoring me. in the game. Which he should be. And he's getting so At this point at 10, he should be ignoring me at the games. And listen, I'm saying, who are you listening to? I'm listening to my coach. <laughs> but but that he's able to compartmentalize now. Right. So he's not easily distracted right. and I I feel so good as a dad mm-hmm. because I've I feel like I've given him the tools
1: for sure to
0: learn how to just Drown out the noise. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about all the stuff that may emotionally affect me. Mm -hmm. Let me focus on the detail of what I need to do to get better and focus in on that.
1: Right. And that's something he could take through so many different phases of life, not just basketball. And he
0: wasn't able to do that Mm -hmm. years ago when we first started. The minute I used to call him over, Mm -hmm. he'd be on the brink of crying. And I'd be like, what's the matter? I'm afraid I'm going to get in trouble. But now he's just like... Mm-hmm. what's up what's up? what I gotta do
1: right and we teach them to also be confident in knowing that you were right and you didn't do yes. anything wrong like not always feeling like you did something wrong yeah. too you know what I mean that's why we have those moments where we just call them over and just give them hugs and give them mm-hmm. kisses like that's a thing in the house you know what I mean That's I tell you I love you today you know that's that's always. the greatest you do that with me too and I actually really like
0: it I do that when I'm trying to cop a feel I'm like come here I tell you I love you today squeeze his butt
1: <laughs> insert the butt squeeze the booty <laughs> booty
0: like that's where the kids get it from right <laughs> Watch can't be too mad at them. I can't be too mad at them.
1: I can't. That's dope, though. Um, I'm glad you were able to tell everybody about your little daddy tantrum. today. Yeah, I had a little dad tantrum. And to make sure, that we, <laughs> yeah, we had to interview the Val about his daddy tantrum so he can explain the context. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, y'all. We're gonna take a quick break and get into some list of letters after uh, we talk about these ads right here. All right. All right, ladies. Let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought so. And get this. Near. Yes, near. The OG that I used for years has now leveled up. And they have these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell amazing. My personal favorite...
0: But all year long.
1: That's right, y'all. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart.
0: That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black owned products you can add to your daily routine.
3: Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done
0: All right, we're back with listener letters. I'm gonna yes, go sir. first today since I got interviewed and called to the carpet. Ah, uh,
1: you sure did. You know,
0: <laughs> hey, sometimes you gotta do that. It's part yes, of you accountability. Call, to
1: the, room, call okay? to the sitting room.
0: All right, here we go. My husband and I recently celebrated our first anniversary. Anniversary. It wasn't known to many because our actual wedding was canceled because of COVID, and so. We decided to just go to the city clerk and get married. Congratulations, guys. The funny thing is, we told everyone, his parents, my aunt and uncle, since I don't have parents, etc., about three weeks after when it really sunk in. So on our anniversary, I told his mom, my mother-in-law, today is our anniversary. Her response was weird and shady. Oh, really? I didn't place that. Oh, okay. Wow. And then she (laughs) casually said, well, happy anniversary. Uh, she didn't call or text him to say anything and feels troubled by it so truth is him and his mother haven't been haven't had the best relationship since I came in the picture oh Yikes. I already know where this is going then you went it took her baby it got buried, and she wasn't involved mm-hmm. yes
1: as a mom I'm fighting you but okay she, she
0: felt like he puts <laughs> me above everything and everyone in her family once mentioned to me that she is jealous I feel bad about it all so I try to My best to keep a good enough relationship with her, but down deep down inside, it's not genuine and I somehow feel fake just because I know how she feels about me. She is also still in constant communication with all of his exes and I don't know how to feel about it. I have better relationships with her sister and niece, but I crave to have a genuine relationship with her, especially since I don't have a mother figure in my life. My mom passed a few years ago. That was a lot. LOL. How do I go about fostering a genuine relationship? And Well, you can start by not taking her son and getting married without telling her, but okay. And helping my husband to rebuild the bond with his mom.
1: So I'm wondering why doesn't the husband have a bond with his mom enough that he can tell her that? Is it that he's not strong enough to stand up to his mom and say, hey... Mm -mm. This is who I love and this is what it is.
0: No, that's not.
1: Or is. is mom and son just? I'm about to
0: tell you right now. Mama's
1: boy and her son. I'll
0: tell you right now. He he might have a little bit of mama's boy in him. Okay. But she might be a little overbearing as well. The mother. And, yeah. No. 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 His
1: mother. Her. The girl. The girl. Friend. Yeah. Right. Or wife now. Because okay. here's
0: here's it is. Question. Serious question. Okay. We decide we're going to elope and get married. Uh huh. Are you not going to tell my parents?
1: No, absolutely not. What
0: type of person goes and elopes and doesn't tell the person's parents? Someone who wants to control everything, right? Right. Let's be honest. Let's, let's be honest. This
1: <laughs> yes, Why didn't you call mom and be like, yo, I think you should tell your mom.
0: That's, like, that's just fucked up. Right. Like, there's no way around it. Like, mm-hmm. if we're going to be honest with people, let's be honest with people, right? Mm-hmm. When you went and married that man without saying, hey... You right. know, we want to get married, and you know, we at least want to tell you if you can make it, or blah blah blah, or something. Right. But after the fact, hey, we got married. That's uh-huh. messed up. If I would have did that to your parents, your parents would have been pissed.
1: Yeah, I think as a parent in general, you just would have been pissed that you missed that yeah. in your child's life. This is my on child. on the very basic level. <laughs>
0: right. Like the on the most basic level, this right. is my child. You took my child, had a moment,
1: right, a and life did not moment. include me. Yes.
0: And you can't sit here and be like, "Oh, I forgot."
1: That's how I felt when you cut all of Jackson's hair off. Finally, you can relate to a story. That's very different. When you no, it's not. That's all of Jackson's different. hair off, y'all. When he was just a little bit over a year, and I lost it. So I'm going to explain
0: now me. why it's different. You okay? don't have to tell the whole story. I, we, we know. No, we, not we, not know, we don't. story. We, listen, we don't have to tell whole story, but this was a cultural difference. Mm-hmm. In my culture, in the Southern Baptist culture, mm-hmm. it is a man's responsibility to take care of his son's hair and first haircut. It's okay. Sometimes you surprise. The mom with a haircut. I took my son to get a haircut. In your uh West Indian Jamaican Vincentian culture, you guys would like to control everything. So you guys want to be able to tell me when I can get my son's haircut. That's not gonna rot.
1: So you're saying Jamaicans and Vincentians are controlling people? That was not the case. I just wanted to be a part of it. No, I just wanted I to said, experience it with you, bro. It, first of all, I said in your, I didn't in tell your you
0: culture, when. in your culture, because you said to me. You said to me, in our culture, this is what you said to me, it is not common for a dad to just take a son to the barber to get their hair cut. That's not what happened. No,
1: that's not what it is. I said, typically with my culture, they wait till babies start talking. You have to start saying words first before they cut their hair. That's that's that. I don't necessarily subscribe to that. I was just more hurt in that moment because I wanted to just be there to experience it with you. That was all. So now, I just feel like I missed the moment, the same so, way this mom might have felt like she missed the moment.
0: I'm going to explain how it's different, right? Mm-hmm. Cutting someone's hair to surprise the mom is more like, surprise, I cut out someone's hair. Not, surprise, we got married.
2: I that's get a big I'm just difference.
1: Saying, just, it, yes, but I'm just saying in terms of feeling hurt that you were left out in a moment, that's the correlation I'm trying to make here. It was a moment in their child's life that they feel like they were lost. I get
0: it? But it's yeah. still apples and oranges. His hair going to grow back. Their they marriage is not going to grow back. Right, that marriage and Back to the marriage. story.
1: I was just trying to make a correlation about being left out. Well, that out correlation
0: wasn't correling. There was no Coral. There was no know. quarrel was at all. Trying
1: to con- control the correlation, but go ahead. So yeah,
0: uh huh. <laughs> no. So what I'm saying is, I think that to me was something that's I'm gonna say irreparable. Mm-hmm. But you have to acknowledge that that's that's wrong, right?
1: And it's like you you, know? you can't you can't help the husband have a relationship with his mom or rebuild that. No, that's something that's gonna have to happen with him and her. Um, and in terms of you fostering a genuine relationship with her, they may have to repair that too before. She even wants to talk to you, sis, because as far as she's concerned, you didn't take her baby.
0: She said it's not about them having a bad relationship. They haven't had the best relationship since she came in the picture. So clearly, clearly she's part of the problem. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Now, whether she she is the problem remains to be seen. That can only happen because of discussions, Mm -hmm. but she could be part of the problem. For example, mom might have realized that her son is finally taking someone serious. True. So if mom is really finally realized someone's now she's starting to get like uh-oh. Right. Uh-oh. But oh But she has these relationships
1: baby. still with the exes before. So maybe Because mom she might knew have that she could someone else.
0: That could be it. For him? Or she could realize that I can control those situations because my husband my son don't take those women seriously. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to have those relationships cuz you know like he don't really Right. whatever. Right. But when that one but when that one comes, when around, one
1: comes around When that one
0: comes around yeah. and now it's Thanksgiving, and it's just like, man, where's, where's Daval? Daval's totally here at 7 o'clock, and then Daval comes, shows in at 9 o'clock. It's like, oh, I was with Kadeen's family. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, uh-huh. oh, you see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So all of that happens first. right? Then y'all get married, and don't tell his mom. I know. Y- y'all they need to go to therapy. All
1: uh, well, y'all, yeah, together, especially yeah. if you want the marriage to thrive and last and yeah. whatnot, because as much as you want to say, oh, it's just me and him, and we don't really need nobody in his family and his family, nope. That's still gonna yeah, drive a wedge, and gone, it's still gonna yeah. be that elephant in the room every single time. And so those conversations are worth like,
0: happening. Yeah. Like if y'all, if y'all really want to build a family unit, yes, yes. And build. I, I, I,
1: I, as think. a mom to four boys, would hope that I have a good relationship with my future daughter and daughters-in-law. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I hope have, so too, because I don't, don't want to be having to have
0: and... those conversations. Dude, dad, dad, talk to mom, talk <laughs> to mom, because mom. No, I know. would, I
1: would love that actually to have great relationships. So I'm, I'm, I said before, I'm betting daughters-in-law anybody from good stock
0: if you anything like your mother that's going to be going to be difficult because <laughs> your mother was for me to try to
1: <laughs> I know but you you stood the test of time and
0: because I'm a renegade that's hall. why that's why never that's, been afraid to say what's on my mind then.
1: that's a fact any given time of day that's a fact
0: I had to hustle <laughs> back to the wall ashy knuckles
1: <laughs> next next letter <laughs> hey divan i wanted to say i have so much love for you both in your families i pray you that god continues to bless you all your babies siblings parents cousins friends etc in ways beyond your wildest dreams thank you so much may he keep you all oh this is oh, a it's, prayer it's, 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 girl come it's, it's, on coach your eyes to may he keep you all safe healthy and prosperous for decades and decades to come thank you for that Sha-la-la. i receive that Sha-la-la. i receive that and send that right back to you Shalala. Ha. my question is how can i convince my man that he that me wanting to protect myself isn't me being confident in his ability to protect me okay i'm 25 years old and i've been with him since we were both 21 i got my concealed carry license and first firearm when i was 23 at the encouragement of my parents who both have theirs He's from a small town in Georgia and I'm from the south side of Chicago. He believes that the man is the protector. And while I agree, my parents ain't raised no fool. <laughs> I understand, sis. I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and don't, not have it. Don't life, don't life. <laughs> How do I convince him that me having a firearm and a CCL does not mean that I don't trust his ability to protect me? We're not together 24 seven and people are nuts. I agree. I pray I never have to use my firearm, but my decision to get it had nothing to do with him. It was for me. I'm also surprised that he's just now bringing up the issue because I've had it for two years and he didn't say anything in the process of me getting it. I don't think he took it seriously at first because I did the concealed carry course, but, I was yes. but I waited nearly two months or three, sorry, three months before I brought my, bought my first firearm. It's not a personal attack against him or his manliness. It's just that I'm from the South side of Chicago, <laughs> Roseland, the wild hundreds, the hood hood, and the streets don't follow codes anymore. So I'd rather have the option to protect myself. Even when he's not around any thoughts on how I can be considerate of his feelings without compromising what I feel is best for my own safety. Thank you in advance. If you have the time to read and or respond to this email god bless y'all so
0: Deval is a gun owner (laughs) i would have been a gun owner a long time ago had my wife been on along with the gun ownership Mm -hmm. um when i was in the nfl i bought a gun because i wanted to be able to protect my home at the time i used to go to away games my wife used to be home i said yo i got a gun i'm gonna teach you how to use it she was just like, I don't want to have to use a gun. So I got rid of the gun because she was there by herself and I got a dog instead. Okay. Big ass dog. Big yeah. ass dog. But now we have kids and we have a huge home. And Mama Bear here is on a very different page right I'm now. I'm on a
1: different type of time.
0: So she's don't like Don't pull up, y'all. She's like, don't pull up. When are you taking me to the shooting range? Mm-hmm. I want to learn how to do this. She wants to get her concealed carry. I want
1: CCL, DDL. Not a BDL, though. (laughs) I'm good on that. But I'm going to get all the... You definitely get on that. (laughs) Especially after four bullets. Um, But yeah.
0: But no, I feel like it's important for black people, particularly, to understand the importance of carrying a firearm. Mm -hmm. Like, it is our legal right, Second Amendment right, to be able to carry weapons legally. Right. And for centuries, the government and the systems that are in place have been used to stop us from carrying firearms to defend ourselves, right? So we can't defend ourselves in our community. They weaponize the police. They bring them in our communities. And you see people, black people dying at a higher rate than white people because of gun because of gun issues, pretty much, you know, like it's the violence is a big thing. So mm-hmm. I understand. I said all that because I understand why people are afraid of guns. Mm-hmm. But with all of that said, and all of the violence and mm-hmm. gang violence and, and right, all that's this a whole other another stuff, story. But speaking to her story, but but also I'm not gonna say gang violence without saying uh, school shootings mm-hmm. because they always put us with gang violence. Mm-hmm. But we know white kids be shooting their classmates. Mm -hmm. And it's fair to say that because when they talk about game violence, they always say black on black violence, Mm -hmm. like white on white violence don't exist. And all of that is a form of gun violence. Mm -hmm. But what we're talking about is protecting yourself, especially if you have a property, Mm -hmm. right? If I'm her, I tell my husband or my boyfriend, if you're not here and someone comes in this house to do harm to us or our children or to me, wouldn't you feel better if I had something to protect myself? That's
1: a fact because you can't do much through FaceTime, bruh.
0: You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if Kadeem FaceTime me talking about something devow, somebody in the house. My first thing is, why didn't you shoot him? <laughs> like, like seriously, like right. once once you get to this point where you have to protect yourself and your kids,
1: that's a fact. Kadeem going to be a in here time now, yeah. Especially like Cleo
0: <laughs> from freaking set it off.
1: Facts, my cornrows and all.
0: Fact, I'm I'm dead serious. Like, but,
1: but seriously, you, like,
0: we have a right to protect ourselves, especially if you think about this country in the world, right? It's Black History Month, right? I don't know if people ever heard about the, um, it's not called the floating cities, it's the drowned cities mm-hmm. in America. Mm-hmm. There, are, I think there are oh, yeah. over over 20 cities that were all black-owned businesses. Yes, I businesses. think there's Central Park, mm-hmm. out here
1: in Georgia as well too. Black- um, Lake- there's near. a lakes, So yeah, there, are, there are lakes in the country, mm-hmm. they are man-made lakes. Mm-hmm.
0: And underneath these lakes are cities mm-hmm. that were once- Black-owned businesses and property that mobs came in because black people started doing well and pretty much burned down the houses, raped the women, killed the children, killed the men, and then they drowned. They pretty much flooded the cities, and now they're lakes mm-hmm. that that this culture, white America celebrates, mm-hmm. right? I feel like during those times, it was easier to do things like that to those communities because those communities were not armed the way they were supposed to be armed, mm-hmm. When mobs came in, right? If every household had a gun or multiple guns, and everybody, mom and dad, knew how to use those weapons, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't have been too many drowned cities. You see what I'm saying? But part of it is keeping us docile, Mm -hmm. right? I don't want to keep my wife docile. If I'm her, I'm telling oh, I, I, and I pray that, like she said, I never have to use it.
1: Of course, no one. But
0: me knowing that my wife can handle herself when I'm not around. Mm Or, and handle something if my kids get into something makes me feel so much more confident as a man. Mm-hmm. You understand know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I work, I travel a lot. I would feel comfortable knowing that my wife has a concealed carry. She knows how to use multiple firearms. And on top of that, I'm teaching my sons from young. I, I, I learned how to shoot guns when I was young being down South. Mm-hmm. I think we as a people need to understand that learning how to use a firearm is part of the culture we live in, in right. America. and then also
1: to the education around it. So we ain't just walking around here willy nilly with guns, yes. not knowing how to assess situations properly, how to have discretion with it either. Because <laughs> and you know what, that I lo- can be an all in the problem too. You
0: know what I realized too, in places where you have concealed carries, right? Mm-hmm. When you know other people may have guns, people are a little bit more polite. Mm-hmm. Because when you know that that person over there may be carrying too, mm-hmm. you ain't gonna be as flip with your mouth.
1: That's a fact.
0: You understand what I'm saying? Yes, and we've seen things
1: p- end very horribly <laughs> if they decided that they wanted to.
0: Right. And and being in New York, for example, where there's no concealed carry and people go into clubs and you have to get patted down and you're not holding anything when you go into these clubs. You watch people get drunk and talk crazy and things get out of control mm-hmm. as opposed to being in a place where there's firearms allowed. Why are people a little bit more calm
1: mm-hmm.
0: in those places? You wanna know why? Because nobody really wants nobody to die.
1: Nobody wants to get popped off on.
0: You know what I'm saying? If if I'm her, I'm saying explain to him the reasons why you need it, mm-hmm. and he needs to understand why it's important for his woman to know right. how to take care. of Nothing to do
1: with your manliness, like at all, at all.
0: And women still deal with attack, sexual abuse, and I think it was another one. And I think the rate is five to one when it comes to men. Mm-hmm. Women are still victims of abuse at a higher rate than men in this country. A woman that knows how to protect herself to me is a okay. Because on top of that gun, K gonna learn how to throw hands. Ever since we've been in college, I've been teaching K. All the stuff that I learned doing martial arts, I did mm-hmm. martial arts for seven years. Yeah. A black belt in Taekwondo and Jiu Jitsu. Mm-hmm. I taught her about when people grab her. If yep. some I, I told her all this stuff Disabling folks. Disabling for I want her to know these things. So hopefully he listens and, Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And like she
1: said, hopefully she won't ever have to use it. Facts. All right, y'all. If you want to be featured as one of our listener letters, be sure to email us at Gmail. Sorry, not at Gmail. At Gmail, but deadassadvice at gmail.com. That's
0: D-E-A-D-A-S-S-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com.
1: Moment of truth time. Going back to, I feel like we spoke about so much, but going yeah. back to your, um, your daddy moment that you had. Yeah. Moment of truth. My
0: moment of truth is very simple. I'm unapologetic about how hard I am on my boys because... We exist in a society that doesn't view black boys the same as everyone else. Mm-hmm. So I cannot listen to the world when they say this is how you should raise your children. You're not even coming from a perspective of dealing with things that me as a black father have to deal with with right. my black sons. So I'm going to parent my boys the way I know how best and I'm unapologetic about it.
1: That's a fact because you two have been a black boy once and you're yes. yes. a black man. So you understand what it takes. Yes. And I, that being said, have never been in that position Um, But I do know as a black woman raising four black boys that I agree with you on Mm -hmm. that. Um, But my moment of truth is um, knowing as parents when to, when to know how to address your children when you need to apologize for something that may not have been right in that moment and not just always falling on the idea that I'm the parent, I know better, I know best where you know that potentially you were not. 100% 100% correct in that situation and right. being okay with apologizing to your children and acknowledging your wrongs in that moment and letting them know that there's a safe space for the apology to take place and for understanding to be had because I think that's equally as important as the way we're raising them.
2: Yes
0: and before we get off I want to get it correct the name of it is called drown towns. towns. So go google drown towns and see exactly what I'm talking about and you'll understand why we as black people need to have firearms to defend ourselves in our own homes.
1: There we go. All right, y'all. Uh, be sure to follow us on social media if you have not already. Dead Ask the Podcast, and you can find me at Kadeen I Am.
0: And I am DeVal. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe.
1: Yeah, season seven, y'all.
0: Well underway.
1: Tell your friends.
0: Dead Ass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at Dead the Podcast and never miss a thing.
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference.
0: That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule.
1: It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.
0: It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock, one at Flatiron Plaza in New York City, and one at Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles from 8 a.m. To 8 p.m. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's a perfect time to try, like, and share black lead products. It's free for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with black lead products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it.